Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Talking about coping with anxiety. Welcome, everybody. Today is Super Bowl. Uh, tonight it's six thirty. Those of you with sports fans out there, you have the Bucks versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, right now it's snowing here in eastern United States in the New York tri-state area. Uh, this topic today, um, there's going to be a lot of information. We're not going to get to all the information I could possibly give you on this topic, but I do want to talk to you about some of the different places where you can find information. There's a great book that's called the anxiety and phobia workbook. It's by Dr. Edmund Osborne, O S B O U R N E. Check that out. It's a great book. It goes through a lot of different ideas of how to handle anxiety and different phobias that you may have. And it explains it very succinctly and it helps the reader understand the true uh, condition. The other Websites I want to tell you about that are very helpful. They're, uh, it's a government website. It's www.samhsa.gov. Once, once again, www.samhsa.gov. And it stands for Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. The other place that you can get information is NAMI. That's www.nami.org. National Alliance for Mental Illness. So today I want to talk about anxiety. Uh, those of you, as we see, you know, we've been dealing with the pandemic. Everybody's been anxious to some degree. Um, there's different types of anxiety out there. There's people that experience chronic anxiety where it's, it's debilitating. It's uh, the person's unable to function on a daily basis and therefore has to seek professional help. The way you would find out if you need uh, professional help is if six months probably a little less than that, maybe within three to six months consistently that you experience an interference with your life where anxiety is, is ridding you every single day. You constantly do something and it just plagues you everywhere you go and you can't seem to get control or be able to cope with anything. Uh, you want to get checked out to see if you have any some signs of clinical anxiety, what I would call uh, we have situational anxiety. Sometimes we could just be anxious about a situation. If you're going on an interview, you could go on this interview and be very anxious as it starts. And then as you get through the interview, it doesn't really 
affect you much longer after that because you got a little bit more comfortable. That would be considered situational anxiety. So necessarily you wouldn't have to get professional help with that, but maybe just to learn how to deal with situations similar to that in the future by learning some coping skills and some good mindset principles. One of the, one of the factors that affects anxiety is your mindset. How do you believe or evaluate that situation? Do you feel that it's terror? Is it fear? What exactly is the issue about that anxiety? So let's talk about something that a lot of people refer to as panic attacks. Now, panic attacks are no joke. Um, People get them no matter who you are. Um, And just to give you a little bit of indication, a panic attack is a sudden feeling of intense and disabling anxiety. The signs and symptoms of a panic attack usually appear uh, in a peak within a few minutes. Uh, And a panic attack is the primary feature of a panic disorder. Some people have a panic disorder sometimes. But like I said, a lot of people need to check uh, with their doctor and see if they're really experiencing a panic attack that needs further help. Uh, But anxiety as a definition, uh, you know, we, we look at it's an excessive and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. So if you want to call us in, you can call the show today at 516-418-5773. That's the one again, 516-418-5773. I'd like to hear from you and let you know what is your thoughts about anxiety? How are you dealing with this pandemic? What are some things that you've noticed? Um, one of the things I want to help you is Obviously, a pandemic is going to create a lot of anxiety, and that's normal. So you want to just keep your eye on the anxiety and make sure that, like I said before, it's not impacting you uh, severely. Uh, The main thing is that you express yourself. You find out what you can do. One of the things that uh, anxiety does give you is it can give you a sense of increased heart rate. You can breathe rapidly, sweat and the other issues that uh, happen uh, are you may feel weak or tired. Uh, you can lose concentration. You can lose sleep. Uh, you may even have some gastrointestinal. One of the things that people don't realize is we have a direct correlation with the central nervous system. So obviously anxiety uh, affects the central nervous system. So anytime you have an excessive worry and you can't, it's almost like an intrusive thought. You can't get that out of your mind. You tend to uh, overthink something or overanalyze. That also can give you anxiety. Um, the other thing that you want to keep in mind is the expectation factor. A lot of times we expect certain things to occur. We worry about the outcome so much that we're not living in the moment. So a lot of people don't live in the moment. They live ahead of themselves. They live in the future almost. They're not living in the present time. So you have to help yourself by keeping yourself present in the moment and not trying to experience the issue before it actually happens. So that's more of like anticipatory anxiety. So a lot of times we may be going on a roller coaster and we have anxiety just before we're getting on a roller coaster. Then when we get on the roller coaster cart and then actually we're on the roller coaster experiencing that, that ride. So there's three different types of anxiety in those three different situations. There's anticipatory anxiety could be very high. And then when we get there, it's still high. And then it peaks and then it kind of, goes away. Once you've done it, you start to feel more comfortable. So one of the things that we've noticed is that if someone can change the way they think about the anxiety, 
they can lower it, then that will help them. One of the things I do want to help you with is a, a certain type of tool that can help you when you go to the doctor. Let's say you want to experience, you're experiencing anxiety and you want to express that to your doctor. I want you to think of these three letters, this acronym. Uh, it's I-F-D. And the I stands for intensity. Now, the intensity, you want to put that in a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most of that intense feeling that you have where you can't take it any longer. It's in severe, severe mode. Then you have frequency, which represents how many times does that situation last, uh, the frequency. How many times does it happen? Three times, four times, six times in a day. And then D, duration, like we hear about Duracell battery, last longer. It talks about how long does the episode last. So you could have episodes of anxiety that last 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 hours, whatever the case may be, even 10 days total. So you want to describe those intense moments, but by putting in that IFD category, you can put that into a little box and tell the doctor, and he can see that you are in real deep, intense. So if you have a score of eight on the, on the I for intensity on a scale of one to 10 being pretty high, and the frequency is six times a day, and the duration is four to six hours, that's pretty intense. You may even need some medication. Um, another thing that doctor will check to see is if you are uh, having an addiction because some of the medications that are given like Xanax and some of these other benzodiazepines can be addictive forming or habit forming. So you actually want to stay away from those kinds uh, if you have an addiction or at least work with your doctor on that to get some other alternatives. And they're all alternatives as well. Oh, the other uh, place I want you to check too is Mayo Clinic. Uh, they're a good a resource for information about anxiety. It's mayoclinic.org. Check that out. Okay. Um, you know, don't forget, uh, there's more episodes that I have about different conditions. Because like I said, the, the, the show helps listeners like yourself learn more about mental health, addiction, nutrition, sports performance, uh, personal achievement, entrepreneurship, relationships, anything that helps with your health and try to improve your life and help you become more successful and having good health. I hope everybody's well today. Uh, the phone number again is 516-418-5773. Right now, let's take a small break. and we come back, we'll continue with this discussion, and we'll talk, and we'll take your calls. If uh, Here we go. Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood. A world where I'm not afraid to go to school. To speak out. To be myself. A world where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. 
up. Educate. Find out what to look for and how you can make a difference. good homes or bad homes. It's not a normal part of growing up. Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up? I shouldn't have to be afraid to get on the school bus. To turn on my computer. and you probably know me from The Big Bang Theory, where I play neurobiologist Amy Farrow Fowler. Well, in real life, I'm actually a trained neuroscientist who spent seven years of my life working towards a PhD specializing in obsessive compulsive disorder. My research for my thesis confirmed a significant personal connection for me with OCD. OCD is real, as are anxiety, depression, and panic disorder. I know about those as well. I also know way too much about bipolar disorder, suicidal depression, and a host of other conditions I've come in close contact with in my life. But my interest and involvement in the world of mental illness didn't start in graduate school. I come from a family full of a phenomenal set of skills and also a tremendous amount of struggle. Many in my family have lived with mental illness without help or support. As hard as it is to live with a mental health condition and not get help, it's also hard to love someone with a mental health condition when we don't know how to help. As I left my parents' home and went out into the world, I learned that people who struggle with mental health conditions are to be found in every corner of the globe, 
in every racial and ethnic group and from poor and rich families alike. No family is immune from mental health conditions and it's a rare and blessed gift to be able to get help when you or a loved one need it. I've turned to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, as a resource for myself and those I love for years. NAMI is a nonprofit organization whose goal it is to provide support and information to those living with mental health conditions or loving someone who's living with a mental health condition. NAMI does this through support groups, my personal favorite, fundraisers, public service announcements aimed to remove the stigma from mental illness, advocacy, and helplines to give you support if you or a loved one need it. It's not easy to talk about mental health conditions, but I know too many people I love who did not get help in time. And that's why I've chosen to speak out with NAMI and spread the message that I am stigma-free and everyone deserves to get the help and support they need. And NAMI can help you do that. Please consider being a part of NAMI's mission. All right, we're back. And you're listening to Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. Today's broadcast is talking about coping with anxiety, especially all of us trying to deal with the pandemic. I hope all of you are doing well and being safe. Uh, it's very important that, uh, you know, we get taken care of. Uh, when I talk about health, you know, it's not just physical. It's mind, body, and soul. It's spiritual as well. We need to take care of all aspects of ourself. I want to talk a little bit about that. That's really important. I don't think people realize, but if we can break our health into five different categories, it might even be helpful to understand and see its situation a little bit clearer. The first one is we want to make sure that our mental health or psychological health is stable, that we can go through our life without too much interference and we're able to live comfortably. When we start to get more interferences and more stress and we're not able to manage those things well, we start to decompensate and not able to function and it affects not only our work, it can affect our relationships, our ability to speak, our ability to express ourselves, um, I'm also going to talk about stigma in just a moment. The second thing I want you to look at is the physicality of anxiety. Anxiety really can affect the physical nature of all of us. A lot of times, most people have a lot of gastrointestinal issues when it comes to anxiety because the anxiety gets so intense that it starts to affect, like I said before and earlier in the broadcast, the central nervous system. And when it gets activated and your thoughts start to get more intense and, and you worry your worrying becomes more and more intense. It's going to start to have it uh, take its toll on your body. So one of the things we have to do is keep our body well fit and understand how anxiety affects that aspect. The other aspects are social. There's a lot of people out there, and my heart goes out to them as they have a lot of social anxiety. I'm going to tell you a quick story that really illustrates this whole idea of social anxiety problems. Uh, many years ago, I was watching a program. I think it was uh, like a Ripley's Believe It or Not, but I don't think it was Ripley's or Not. It was um, another show similar to that. I can't think of it right now. But what it talked about is this one woman uh, was so afraid to leave the home that she started having a growth in her stomach. And they thought it was, it was a big tumor. And she had her family repeatedly trying to get her to come out of the house to get tested and to get looked at at the hospital. Well, to do a long story, to have a long story short, she did get help. She finally was convinced by her family. It took many, many weeks, months to get her. It almost was uh, crucial. She could have died, they said, basically. Um, but she had, in her tumor, she had nails. She had all kinds of things inside that tumor. And they said if she had not gone to the hospital and gotten that removed, 
she could have passed away just because of the social anxiety. So social anxiety is really a real thing, and we shouldn't be making – those people out there that may make fun of stuff like that or, or maybe minimize the importance of this issue um, really don't understand what it's all about. So hopefully you're not one of those people, but it is a serious condition if it's not dealt with. So if you have somebody in your family that has that problem where they can't come out of the house and they're very um, – they're unable to move and they're unable to uh, interact with the, with the world. Um, make sure that they get checked uh, with their medical conditions. You don't want the same thing happening to them where a severe case like that uh, puts them at risk for death or some more problematic situation. Uh, the other issues about anxiety that are important is how we evaluate the situation. One thing I want to tell you is, there's an excerpt from the book that I told you earlier, the Anxiety and Phobia Workbook by Dr. Edmund Osborne. He talks about four traits that perpetuate anxiety. One of the things he says in the book is that we can actually perpetuate the anxiety. Anxiety could be there because of different situations in the environment, things that happen around us. But sometimes we can inflict anxiety when it's really not there. So that's what they're saying is we can actually – force ourselves to be more anxious than we really have to be. And it has to do with the way we think about the situation. We think of it as in terms of catastrophizing the situation. So that's what we call thinking errors. And in those thinking errors, we exaggerate the situation that is in front of us because we're uncertain about it and we don't have the, the uh, ability to handle that situation. We don't have the coping skills to maybe deal with that. So we become afraid and then we blow it up into proportion. So one of the things he says is, number one, is he says, if you have perfectionistic qualities, that's the first thing that perpetuates the anxiety or your sense of perfectionism. So any of you out there that have perfectionism, I'm not saying that you have anxiety, but you want to look at that as a means of being careful with that, that the more perfectionistic you become about every single aspect of your life. And that's what he's saying, that if it starts to plug into all different areas of your life, not just one little perfectionistic tendency here or there, he's talking about more collective in a, in a general sense, everything that you do becomes very perfectionistic. That's also going to put a lot of pressure on you to do certain things a certain way and not be comfortable. So we need to be flexible and that creates more resistance in our ability to, to function every day. And then number two, he says, there's a sense of excessive need for control. So a lot of times if we're flying a plane, we don't have control. We're not the pilot. So we might feel a lot of anxiety flying a plane. That's where people can have a lot of phobias because they don't have control of that plane. They think it's going to crash. Something's going to happen. It's that impending doom thought process. And that's the second perpetuation of anxiety that comes about. And then, of course, some people have to take medication when they go on the plane or maybe some drinks. Uh, I don't, re I don't <laughs> advise that too much, but people do it anyway. But number three is the other is uh, excessive need for approval. From other people. So sometimes we have an anxiety that we need approval from other people in order for us to function. And without that approval, we're not able to be competent in whatever we do. So one of the things we have to do is start to build confidence and strategies that help us deal with everyday world problems. And once we get that, then we're, we'll be on the road to, to more recovery and to good health. And the fourth thing is that can be missed is the uh, ignoring physiological signs of stress. So when you see your body is starting to have problems and also your mind is being uh, affected where you're starting to uh, be distracted 
and you're not able to do certain things that you used to do, those are problems that are arising that are important to, to recognize. So if you have any questions about this, you can reach me at the following emails. Uh, it would be askgettinghealthytoday at gmail.com or vruiz at comcast.net. And also you could check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And next week we're going to talk about the issues of, you guessed it, depression. We're going to talk about depression next week. A lot of people have depression. Um, people are experiencing depression during this pandemic, so I want to talk about that. So we're going to be looking at that issue next week. And all of you here, I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I hope you become less anxious than you were today. And I hope this talk has helped you understand anxiety a little bit further. And if you can, try to get that book, The Anxiety and Phobia Workbook, Dr. Edmund Osborne. It will help you a lot. There's a lot of exercises there to help you go through the everyday anxiety. And again, if you'd like to uh, follow me on Blog Talk Radio, you want to go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash getting healthy today. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash getting healthy today. And also Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next week, uh, folks, Sunday, 1130 to 12. Um, also, uh, you can check this on Blog Talk Radio. You can check the episode after it's broadcasted. It would also be downloaded to Stitcher Radio and iTunes. So feel free to subscribe to those podcast platforms. All right, everybody, have a great evening. Enjoy your Super Bowl. Go Bucks. Take care. Peace out. God bless everybody and be safe. Thank you for listening today at Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. And I've hoped I've impacted your life in some way. And let's go and do that to someone else now. Pass the word.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chum- Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.